Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, this is going to be a good one. Anna Palumbo is with us, and she is with Red Triangle Interior Design. Anna, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Let's talk about you and Red Triangle Interior Design. How are you helping folks out there? Well, we help. We're kind of a uh, full-service interior design firm where we help people with very small projects like laundry room remodel all the way to a whole new build where we um, have relationships with architects and contractors so we can help you design and get it built and then finish off with your um, hard and soft finishes and help you pick them out until you're ready to move in or open your um, small business. I love it. Now, you and I were chatting a little bit before we came on. You've got a, a history in interior mm-hmm. design and, and uh, space planning that goes back to your childhood. That is correct. I grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, one of six children on an old farmhouse. And it was a lot of work. Um, if anyone's familiar with old farmhouses in Bucks County, they were pretty much was two rooms built on top of two rooms built on top of with an attic. Mm. So um, the house had an addition and then another addition, but we were still sharing bedrooms and always figuring out how to create our own space. And for me, when I did eventually get my own bedroom, that was how to create my own um I'm an artist at heart. So I'm like, well, how am I going to get my space to draw and paint and everything? So I trans, I took my closet that of my bedroom and I put my drafting table in there and I made my, I attached a bar to um, the space outside of my closet so I could have my own studio and a closet at the same time. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So you've got it in your bones, really. I have, yes, and in, in innovative and imaginative ways to create new spaces. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you were you were a fine arts major, art history. Uh, you you uh, were involved in the pottery world for a long time. What? Yeah. Why the journey into interior design? Thank you for asking that question. I really am proud of this journey uh, because it's led me to where I really feel like I belong and I love it. So um, when I went to college the first time, I knew I wanted to do something in the world of art. Uh, I love drawing, painting, like I mentioned, um, but I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I went to school for the first time for art history And I double majored in art history and religion. So I would be able to know all the stories in the paintings of the Renaissance and, and, you know, where the illuminated manuscripts came from and stuff like that. So I graduated um, and then I um, got married. And instead of going to like uh, get my um, master's or my doctorate, um, I got married. We started having kids and in the 
meantime, I was working um, in pottery. I took a night class in pottery and I've always been very interested in the 3D world and um, how things are made, how things are created from the ground up. Um, So I worked really hard and just taking this class. And one day someone comes in, a teacher, and she goes, hey, Anna, you're really good because I was helping someone else make a bowl on the pottery wheel. And she's like, Anna, you're doing really good with that student. Would you sub for me at the Wayne Art Center, which is Wayne, Pennsylvania? I'm Mm. like, hey, why the heck not? (laughs) You know, why wouldn't I? So I um, subbed over at the Wayne Art Center, even though I wasn't a teacher. And they're like, um, they just so happen at that time to need teachers. And they offered me a position for a Wednesday night class. And I said, sure, why not? So I taught pottery for 14 years there. Mm. Yeah, 14 years. I was the longest continuous running class at the Wayne Art Center in the history of the Wayne Art Center. Mm. My Wednesday night class. And I loved it. And I um, sold my pottery. And um, but then my husband got a. um, Well, they asked him to move down to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. his company. And uh, I was an offer that as a family of because now in all of that, we had three kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, it was an offer that we just couldn't refuse. It was sure. fantastic. So, and I was, um, at the time, I, I didn't want to sell my pottery anymore. It was taking away, trying to make money out of it. It was taking away the love of just creating. Mm. And um, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to reinvent myself. So we moved to, to Franklin, Tennessee in 2015. Mm. I sold my wheel. I sold my kiln. And we moved down here and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And my, um, at the time she was 12 and now she's 18 going off to college. She said, Hey mom, um, you know, when we sold our house up in Philly, a lot of people asked who lived there and asked if they were an interior designer. And up in Philly, I, that didn't even enter my brain. I was just making our house look welcoming and look it just was like this is what feels good so she's like why don't you go back to school and for your interior design degree i'm like huh well why not <laughs> let me do it so i um went to omore college of design which is now at belmont mm-hmm. i was part of that transition when belmont bought the school mm. so i'm a belmont graduate mm-hmm. um and took me two and a half years part-time to get my interior design degree and at that time i started working at a furniture store and then also i decided to when i left to start my own business so wow. that's my story of coming down here and <laughs> wow that that's an awesome story i've got to zero in on one piece of that yeah though. Go. um your daughter was 12 when yeah she okay folks lesson here from Anna, your 12-year-old does have wisdom. It may not yeah. seem that way sometimes, but your 12-year-old can come out with pearls of wisdom for you. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> that's terrific. It is possible. <laughs> that's terrific. Now, just a a quick bunny trail, pottery. Yeah. So is that is that a um, – I'm sure you had a lot of different folks in your class. Is that – pottery strikes me as one of those um, 
uh, crafts, which um, it, you you can really it, it's it's a de-stressor. Oh yes! So there were so many times because Wednesday night I'd get there. Uh, it was six thirty. It was a six to ten. No, it was, I'd get there at six thirty, but it was a seven to ten class, a three hour mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. and everyone. It, all of my students primarily were after work students. And it was, it ended up being like a therapeutic um, community and we all knew each other's stories and we all, cause I had a lot of continuing students mm. and um, I even had one student who was new and she's like, did you used to be a bartender? Because you, t- <laughs> you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just a hell I just, and you know, I, 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 uh, I'm, I know eventually we're going to lead to this, but the, my why of why I do things, my yeah. business coach helped me find out uh-huh. is relationships. Oh. So to me, the um, getting to know someone and building a relationship so I can understand them better and they can understand me better is more important than anything else. And like, once you have that relationship established, you can like build on it. Mm. So, um, I just was that, and I didn't know about the specific why at the time, I just enjoy people and talking and being around people and helping them get what they want. Like, and and as a pottery teacher, they wanted to make a bowl that they could eat soup out of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to help you do that. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. So, folks, we're here speaking with Anna Palumbo, and she's a principal founder of Red Triangle Interior Design and a retired pottery teacher mm-hmm. who recommends pottery for de-stressing. So there you Absolutely. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you you brought up your why. So let's yeah. let's let's talk about that. Why? Okay. So now in interior design, yeah. um, I go into someone's house and I ask them, Besides what they want, what are their pain points? Say I'm going to remodel a kitchen, help them figure out a better place to cook and celebrate their family or um, um, invite people in for dinners. And, and, you know, they might, one of their pain points might be a wall that is in their way and they just cannot seem to figure out how to make it the space an open concept type space. And so I mentioned before, I have, I have a great imagination. It's kind of, kind of kooky sometimes, but it's a fantastic imagination that I've grown to appreciate and listen to and bring into my clients' spaces. So I'm not afraid to tell them um, and show them something that they, you know, wouldn't even think of. They were like, is that really possible to do? Is that really possible to make my small kitchen big enough that I could entertain 20 people. Mm. So yeah, yeah, outside of the box. Yeah. So so, uh, let's talk about the, I mean, interior design is a big subject. Let's talk about the work you do and specifically uh, the types of clients that you work with. So um, my, what I love to do and what I'm really good at and what I've grown to um, uh, really make, uh, valuable for my company is space planning and that imagination, that thinking outside of the box and the ability to show someone 
uh, innovative ways to use their space or grow their space. And then within my company, I have um, I have two great full time employees who are masters at well, I can't say masters yet because that takes like millions and millions of hours, but they're really great experts at um, fixtures and finishes and color. And so not only am I able to bring my ability to space plan well and to um, innovate, I bring people to the clients who um, listen and know what colors will um, be good in their space and how they would be able to uh, um, get comfort out of certain chairs and things like that. Awesome. So I'm curious about um, something I see here in the show notes, and we discussed a little bit earlier uh, before we came on. Evidence-based design. Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Let's define what that is for folks that don't know, like me. Okay. And okay. <laughs> and how you, and how you, how you incorporate that in your practice? Well, not just uh, from what we just all went through the pandemic and everything, but even before that, I've always been. Uh, I grew up. My parents were macrobiotic, so the six six of us grew up. Um, eating healthy and um, really being aware of how our environment controls and influences how we live and are in life. And evidence-based design speaks to that for me through um, interior design. So evidence-based design was um, came about through uh, making healthcare places and hospital design better for patients so they can heal better and quicker and then go home. Mm-hmm. But I like to take this scientific methodology mm-hmm. into residential spaces also. So evidence-based design, the technical um, definition, is a scientific analysis that emphasizes the use of data required. I'm reading this. <laughs> the yeah. use of data were acquired in order to influence the design process and this um, in hospitals or residential spaces or any space. It measures the physical and psychological effects of the built environment on its users. So basically what it means is taking a, um, a, a piece of work that's been evidenced, like um, I have up here right now, the lighting in the home in health, a systemic review, reading that and seeing how I can help to incorporate this um, evidence that I've found into the pain points of my clients. Mm. So um, like uh, this one review is on the key aspect of housing quality is and it's in light and light is so important for not just visual performance and safety, but it also is huge and vital in regulating our human psychological functions and how we go about our life. And if we don't get enough natural sunlight, there's people can get depressed or they can um, not uh, live up to their fullest extent in their life. So I like to bring in actual evidence of, um, into my design. Yeah. I love that because what you're really getting at the next question I was going to ask. And and that is, I know you do a lot of work with, and 
some of this, of course, is what's obviously brought on by the pandemic, home offices, backyard offices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure some people, you know, kind of uh, tilt their head at that and say, mm-hmm. why are you spending money on <laughs> to redesign a home office, right? Um, particularly if we're going to go back to work. Why do that? Why do that? Because not everyone's going to go back to work. The, um, we are all going to probably have a, mold, a, mel- a melding, mm-hmm. a combination of the both, mm-hmm. work from home and um, going back to the work office. But if you are primarily going to work from home, the space that you use as your office needs to be separate from your home space. It's so important from the evidence that I've read in the, these um, scientific uh, research things um, that I've gone through and I've really looked into, the separation between work and home needs to happen mm. um, in order for not yet just a person to be uh, um, successful in their work environment and, and really uh, – I can't think of the darn word right now, but um, really do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that makes sense to me. (laughs) And then come home and have a separation so they can be a good parent or a good wife or um, uh, husband. Sure. So if they don't have that clear separation, there's, you don't really know when um, as a person, uh, you know, it's, it's just not healthy to do that. So I came up with with some help from um, a friend of mine who um, I think was having trouble himself um, figuring out how to separate the two. And he's like, you know, you should uh, design a space in someone's backyard where they can have an office. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Because I was sitting at my dining room table because my husband had to come home and take my office. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting at my dining room table being bombarded by three kids every five minutes, Mm. you know, and like not being able to really concentrate on my work and get into my work. Right. So I'm like, huh, a backyard office would be wonderful. So I designed three different backyard offices, different designs, and it's um, 250 to 300 square feet of an office that you can put in your backyard. It's not super expensive. And, not only do you have a space to work, but you have um, a place to leave and take a break from without just going, being in your home all the time. There's a clear separation then of home and work. Um, And if you don't want a backyard office, it can be a music studio. Uh, We can, you know, really make it acoustically, um, perfect for recording. It could be a she shed or a man cave, whatever you want to call it, or yep. a kid's place. Like <laughs> you could make it into a workout studio mm. and um, have, you know, do yoga classes in it. It's just an ideal place to um, really have a separation. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Anna Palumbo is with us, folks. And she is with Red Triangle Interior Design. Uh, Anna, what you're talking about is that that um, physical separation makes so much sense to me because I know I'd, I've heard people talk about how, you know, when that 
computers on the dining room table or or in the bedroom or whatever mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it seems to cry out to them to come over here and do some work right, right. and right. and when you have that physical separation that makes so much sense yeah. um are, when when you do a backyard office is this something that's hard to get what are the obstacles to that i mean are are there like neighborhood covenants yeah. sometimes that you have sure. or or what what are the right. obstacles that people need to think about if you are in an HOA, a subdivision that has an HOA, there are definite um, bylines of how and what needs can be built in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, if you don't have an HOA, the only thing that we would encounter is local codes and uh, making sure we stayed within the setback lines. Mm-hmm. And I do all of that research and work for you. So you don't have to come in knowing what your setback lines are. Some people may not even know what that is. Mm. I do that research for you. I find your local codes and make sure that that could be built on your property. Mm. Awesome. Um, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about um, you do work with business. Uh, so it's not just business in the home, but business in the commercial, in commercial spaces. Talk about the importance of design in interior design in a business. Okay. Okay. I'd love to do that. So interior design is important in a business because when someone enters your space, say it's a coffee shop or a small clothing boutique or, um, a store that only sells pillows. You don't want to go into that space feeling unwelcome and not knowing really what you are entering. So it needs to not only sell and feel like when you enter, it needs to not only know, the customer needs to not only know what they are going to be buying, but there needs to be a clear path of travel Mm-hmm. between different displays. There needs to be a clear, specific way to get to someone who is working there. So if they've got questions, um, it needs to have, if it has a bathroom, it needs to be accessible for um, ADA. Again, I got, I've got access to all those codes mm-hmm. and I can help you design ADA accessible um, areas. And if it's an old building, we can, uh, grandfather in certain um, spaces. So um, I want the business to be successful. And in order to do that, and in order for them to sell what they are selling, they need to be able to, through their interior design and the feeling of their space, um, uh, get to that destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I would think there, that helps customers, whether it's a, uh, B2B or B2C, yeah. um, there's a sense of quality there that, uh, really comes through and, and, and people attribute that in turn to the product or service. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so if they are willing to, um, spend the time and money to put into those aspects of their design, then the client feels that. 
and, and is appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. Some people would think I'm crazy, but there really is an energy to spaces. And when you go into spaces, you can feel whether it's um, good or not. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like to bring that positive energy of myself because I'm a basically positive, upbeat person to those, to my design and my space planning and to my clients. Now I've got to ask before we yeah. get into, um, uh, one other area, I've got to ask red triangle. Yeah. How did you get, how did you come up with that name? Well, I kind of love this story. So, um, it took a while when I first opened my business, I named it something different. And then I found out um, that there was another company in Colorado, which was named the same thing. So I had to go through a, a name change. I didn't have to, but I wanted to. I wanted to be individual. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of six kids, that's important. <laughs> you know, I needed to be me, not my sister. Um, so... I thought about a lot of things. I thought about the the street I grew up on, uh, New Galena Road. I'm like, hmm, New Galena interior design sounds good. Chalfont, you know, because that was the crucial years of um, that has made me, mm. whether they were good or bad. That's who I am today. Um, and then I thought about because my father. He's still alive and he's, um, he just sold his business to my sister, but he is a builder, carpenter. And, um, on this old farmhouse, because it was old, it was like, to me as a kid, it felt like six miles away from the, the road where we had to walk to get the bus. It wasn't six miles. It was maybe an eighth of a mile. It was really short, quarter of a mile. Now, looking back at it, it wasn't that long, but we called it the long driveway. And so um, we would have to walk down there as children and wait for the bus, the shame train in the rain, the snow. And and I I remember days where we'd be out there in the snow and we hadn't gotten the call that school was off. They still had school when it snowed. It's not like Tennessee. Mm. When it snowed, you went to school still. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we'd be out there for 20 minutes and the bus hadn't come and like, well, maybe school's not happening. But so my father realizing that he needed to protect his children at the end of the driveway, took some old red barn wood and created a pyramid at the end of our driveway, a structure with a seat on the inside, a little bench and on the outside was all red barn wood. And he um, put it on the corner facing where the bus comes. So we were inside, we'd sit down on the bench and we'd wait and be able to see if the bus came and then come out right at the end in the rain or snow. And there was one time too, I filled up my little red wagon and moved out to the red triangle at the end of the drive. I moved out of of the house and put all my stuff up inside of it. Didn't last very long. And so when I moved back... So that red triangle um, as a child was really important because not only did it protect me and my siblings from uh, the elements waiting for the bus when we were out in the car or I was being brought home from somewhere else and I saw that red triangle, 
I was like, oh, yes, I'm almost home. I'm almost home where I'll be warm. I'll be safe. I'll be loved. I'll be wanted. I'll be comfortable. I'm almost to a place where I know that um, I can just relax and be me. I'm almost home. So when I thought about all of that and what I do for my clients, I'm like, well, that has to be my name because I want to bring to everybody in my, that I encounter their own red triangle so that they feel the same things that I used to seeing my red triangle. Hey, that's a great story. I love yeah. that story. Uh, so I would love it. Anna, as we, uh, uh, wind down the show here, if you would share maybe a success story, I mean, okay. so, someone, you don't have to mention names, oh, of course, but, but someone who's, yeah. uh, uh, has really experienced, um, you know, a, a lot of good out of the transformation you bring to the, to their space. All right. I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to say their name cause it's a business and mm-hmm. I'd love to get, bring them business. It's yeah. called Eric, Eric and Christopher. They're from out of um, uh, Percocet, Pennsylvania. Ah. And I designed their store retail space in Atlanta's America's Mart, where people who have stores go and shop for and buy merchandise for their stores wherever they are. And what Eric and Christopher do, it's just Christopher now, but they kept the name. Mm-hmm. What Eric, what Christopher does is they make pillows, basic linen pillows with um, screen printed animals on the front or screen printed. Um, you can get it, whatever you want, or you can order in bulk. Mm-hmm. And so their space was open on three sides. And I had to really think about how someone was going to approach their store from every space and really see um, uh, like I was talking about before, see what they were selling. So, you know, um, so I came up with taking old chairs, like, you know, you go to thrift stores or yard sales and people are always selling chairs. So I bought for them a bunch of chairs and we took the legs off and we put them because what else? Pillows are for chairs, right? Right. And we hung them on the wall, painted them in the same color as the wall, hung them on the wall around their logo and their name, and then put a pillow on each of those chairs. So the whole wall, because I'm like, how in an innovative and interesting way can you put pillows on a wall besides just shelves? So we hung chairs, put pillows on the chairs. And I have to say, Christopher is like, he was... um uh, Joanne and um, uh, that HGTV, their Magnolia, Joanne and yeah, whatever games. Yeah. yeah. Whoever they, those two, whoever those two are. Yeah. Whoever yeah. those two are. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna and Chip, right? Chip, Chip, Chip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in, um, in her home, she has an Eric and Christopher pillow in her um, mudroom. There you go. Her. Yeah. And so through the, the, um, that just the creation of their space, they, they, their business. I'm not saying I'm, <laughs> I'm making, I helped to take Eric and Christopher to the next level. Um, it's really a fantastic space from every viewpoint. 
And that's that's was one of my most favorite projects and one of the most successful ones. What a what a great story. And uh Thanks. yeah, and uh folks if if you are dying to see this and don't want to make the trip to Atlanta, you don't have to go to um Anna's site, yep. redtriangleinteriordesign.com and you can see see uh, some pictures of and yes. r- renderings of uh of what you described right there. It's awesome. So uh, what a great, great story and great work. Um, well, Anna, this has been great. And uh, we could we could keep talking for a while. And I'd rather talk to you than them, those two in Waco. I don't know even who they are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even know who they are. But uh, uh, but we, we, we're glad we caught you before you have your TV show. So uh, thank you. Um, but now, seriously, if we could uh, get to the most important question, which is for those that have heard something that makes them want to be in touch and uh, maybe uh, engage you in your services, uh, how can they do that? Phone number 267-421-4239. Call me, text me, email Anna at redtriangleinteriordesign.com. I look back at that now. I should have shortened all of it, but... It is what it is. Got to spell it all out. <laughs> no problem. No problem. And then through my website too. Yeah. Oh, I have an Instagram and LinkedIn profile. So. Yep. And folks, if you need uh, Anna to connect you with her daughter and provide business consulting <laughs> advice, yeah. uh, she could do that too, right? So. Yes. <laughs> she is headed back up north, though, for college in a few weeks. So. Okay. Well, we'll. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, kudos to her and, and best wishes to her as well. Anna Palumba. Palumbo, I'm sorry. Anna Palumbo. Okay. I'm sorry. Anna Palumbo. I was doing. So, I was doing so well. <laughs> Anna Palumbo is with us with Red Triangle Interior Design. Anna, this has been great. Thanks so much for Thank coming you, on John. the show. Yeah. Thank hey. you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was fun. Folks, just a quick reminder that uh, you can find our show, Nashville Business Radio, on all the major podcast apps. Yes, we're on all of them. Nashville Business Radio is a search term. And uh, I've got a bold ask for you, which is to go find the show on your favorite podcast app and subscribe. But don't just subscribe. Give us a five-star review. It's not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about great entrepreneurs uh, and business leaders like Anna who do great work, and we want them to be found. So um, they deserve to be found and uh, uh, to be uh, their work to be shared. So if you could... Uh, Give us a great review, subscribe to the show. That would help us help them. So thank you in advance for doing that. And if you want to see our complete archive of shows and you're not, uh, you're near your favorite computer or or not on, you know, not uh, maybe listening to it by podcast, you can find all our shows at NashvilleBusinessRadioX.com. So for my guest, Anna Palumbo, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio. 